Welcome in to the 50th episode of the Hot Hangout Podcast, the uh, one-year anniversary here. We're glad to have each of you joining us. Uh, before we get started today, just want to issue a quick reminder that if you're not subscribed over on YouTube, make sure to hit the sub button there. And uh, if you're enjoying the reactions and the video versions of the podcast, you can also check us out on Spotify and Apple and anywhere you get your podcasts, as well as the socials, including uh, X, TikTok, and Instagram at Hot Hangout on each of those. You can also email us always, hothangout at gmail.com. As we said, we are super excited to have you all here listening to this one. Uh, whether you've been here for one episode or for 50, we want to say thank you so much. Uh, Joey, what's going on, man? How are you? Doing all right. I'm I'm mostly recovered from the COVID. Um, yes. How are you and, feeling? First of all, that's, that should have been my first question. <laughs> uh, mostly good. I, I got a little bit of a cough. So if you see me pop a cough drop here and there, that's what I'm doing. Um, uh, but I'm yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, my wife unfortunately caught it too so she had to do quarantine and i was helping out with my daughter for those who watched the reaction video there was a quick little well, cameo little easter egg of, there at the end. little easter egg uh, of my uh, daughter there so go watch the reaction video you'll you'll catch her at the end but other than that no I'm, I'm doing all right happy to finally get to the one year anniversary of the hot thing i can i can't even believe we've gotten this far i know isn't that crazy it's our birthday <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Happy <laughs> anniversary to the Hot Hangout Podcast. And uh, Gibbo even picked <laughs> us a cake there, as we can see. <laughs> nice. Thank you, Gibbo. <laughs> uh, we also man, of many say, man of many, many talents. Look at this. Yes, guys. indeed, indeed. <laughs> we we want to say a huge thank you, whether this is your first time listening to the Hot Hangout Podcast or whether you're, uh, you've listened to all 50 episodes. We want to say thank you to each of you listening for making Hot Hangout what it is. We appreciate you very much. Uh, this really was just a passion project that Joey and I started because we both had a love for Star Wars, and we thought, why not make this something we do every week? And so, uh, you know, we we love just being able to get to hang out, talk about Star Wars, and and share that other and uh, share that experience with other people as well. So, right. again, thank you for for being a part of it, and uh, to each of you listening, we truly appreciate you. Uh, and as Gibbo just mentioned, and uh, if of course it's it's necessary because he baked us a cake, we want to give a Huge, huge, big thank you to producer Gibbo. Gibbo! Um, nor <laughs> normally we thank Gibbo at the end of the podcast, but uh, because it's the one-year anniversary, we thought it very important to incorporate this at the beginning of the episode. Uh, and so for anyone that doesn't know, by the way, Gibbo is the one that does all the behind-the-scenes work, including uh, the graphics and the production and what makes the, the uh, video version of the podcast look so good, including, I might add, editing uh, the videos, like the reactions, which is by no means a small task so uh give we just really wanted to say thank you man and, and we appreciate you a lot i appreciate you guys thanks for having also, me this might be the first time some people are hearing gibbo's voice by the way <laughs> hello people hello i mean i mean that is a good trivia question there was one other episode where gibbo was uh you heard gibbo's voice does anyone know the other episode <laughs> name that episode <laughs> We got to do another trivia episode. Gibbo was the uh, the MC for our for our first mm -hmm. ever trivia, a uh, hot hangout trivia episode. That was good so. fun. And we that was good fun. And we and it really showed our you know our trivia chops for sure. Ben, you know, I thought Ooh. we were we performed very well. Yeah, <laughs> Joy, Joy and I, Joy and I were lacking a little bit on that episode. Liars. 
<laughs> Gibbo came with the heat, though. Gibbo came with the heat on those uh, questions. So those were uh, really, was really those were, that was a lot of fun, though. Uh, congratulations, guys. It's been, it's been fun. Been some hard work here and there, but uh, I'm sure the check's in the mail. <laughs> yeah, most definitely yeah it's a it's a long way to you though so you know yeah. you gotta go overseas <laughs> all right get on with it <laughs> all right thanks gibbo <laughs> thank you gibbo and thank you for the cake too by the way yeah looks yummy <laughs> very yummy um considering it is the one year anniversary of the podcast joey and i wanted to also each take a moment to highlight a couple things one for myself and then another from joey um, I wanted to start with a gift that I received recently. I got some cool images here that I've actually uh, laid out on the couch. Um, and I'll I'll move over just a bit. And again, I apologize for our audio-only listeners if the audio begins to sound a little funny here. But um, we got four different little pictures on the couch. I have legs. This is probably the first time <laughs> I've ever stood up during the podcast. Um, we got the, the Bespin image. The Hoth image, of course, because, of course, why would we not have the Hoth image? Very cool. Uh, Tatooine and indoor. So we've got to find a more permanent spot in the room to uh, to put those. Right now, they're just sitting on the couch. But uh, that was a cool little little gift from, from the girlfriend for the one-year anniversary of Hoth Hangout. So um, who, we, who we just got to meet for the first time. Yes, too, for, jo- for those, Joey yeah? and Gibbo just met her, by the way. So For the uh, first time uh, in video form. She is real. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just something a little special that i wanted to share for for the one year anniversary uh especially the hoth one i need to find like a very good spot in here where we can display that for the podcast episodes but uh, joey also does have something that he wants to share top shelf breaks our friend uh chris from over there he was actually on an episode of us uh with us i think it was episode 40 maybe around that time uh, I think it was episode 40 that Chris was on the podcast with me. That's when Ben was actually out for a couple of weeks, actually. Um, but he did give us this box of Topps Star Wars uh, flagship super box uh, to kind of do what, with what, what, whatever we want. So we figured as a thank you to all of the listeners out there that we would kind of raffle it up or, or give it give it away as a as a thank you to to one of you. So. This is what we're going to do. So in order to enter this particular raffle, uh, comment on this video um, with hashtag Hothy Anniversary. <laughs> you could look at the, um, if you're looking at the video f- version of this podcast, you could see um, how you spell it and everything. But if you misspell it, it's fine. We're going to figure out exactly what you mean. This, unfortunately, we will, this only will be out to U.S. viewers. Um, shipping to outside of the country is going to be pretty expensive. So, uh, but but if you wanted to, you could just you know comment on this video here, the fiftieth episode, the happy the happy anniversary episode of the Hot Hangout with Hothy and hashtag Hothy anniversary. And if you wanted some extra entries, have a friend come in, tag you, and also do the Hothy anniversary. So you can get a you can get an entry as well as your friend can get an entry. And that's right. They can tell two friends, and then they can tell two friends. You know how it goes. So if you wanted to enter enter uh, to get this free box of cards that um, you could either open, you could sell. We don't really care. Um, but thank you again to Top Shelf Breaks for providing this to us to help promote our podcast in, in, a, in a fun little way. So if you want, uh, well, we're going to tweet about it. We're going to send it on Instagram as well. Um, but yeah, you're going to have to comment on this particular video on YouTube. 
in order for us uh, to pick a winner. So good luck, y'all. Nice. Shout out Top, Sh uh, Top Shelf Breaks, by the way. If you haven't checked out his channel, uh, we'll, we'll link it in, as well in the show notes for this video. Um, one clarifying point on, on this giveaway entry. Uh, can I enter on all 12 of my YouTube accounts, Joey? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there's no way of me to uh, verify, you know, which accounts if one person has more than one account. So have at it. <laughs> you just gave everybody a loophole. <laughs> yeah. <I guess. laughs> uh, well, you heard it here. Hashtag Hothi anniversary in the comments on this video. We'll be drawing the winner. Uh, during the Ahsoka finale, that will be oh, yes. ep episode 52 of the Hoth Hangout podcast, uh, exactly 14 days from today. So, yeah, you'll have um, you'll have two weeks to to enter. Yes, 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 yes. So, again, thank you uh, to Chris and Top Shelf Breaks for for sponsoring, kind of sponsoring. I, are we calling it sponsoring? Sponsoring? Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sponsoring that giveaway. <laughs> well, I didn't do it, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, again, it is our one-year anniversary here on Hoth Hangout. We're glad to have you joining us. Before we get into the Ahsoka Episode 6 talk, um, we have just, I think, a really brief bit of news. Um, there wasn't a ton of non-Ahsoka news in regards to Star Wars this week, other than the fact that the Lando show, which the week before this we learned was going to be co-written by Donald Glover and his brother, um, we now learned that that show is going to be a movie. Um, Joey, as the resident Lando <laughs> lover, how did this yes. make you feel when you heard this news? So the experience, and you, you can attest to this, movie experiences really hit a little different than shows. Maybe mm -hmm. you can get a lot more content, obviously, with the TV shows, but to be able to watch something in the movies in the movie theater and especially with one of my one of my favorite characters in Star Wars. Yeah, I'm I'm super hyped for this. So, I'm part of me is a little bit torn because like I said, this isn't going to be, you know, an 8 episode series, so you know, inherently that's just a lot more content for Lando. Right. But for this to be, you know, let's say a 2 2 and a half hour movie, you know, I think I would I I think that's a fair trade-off, especially if uh if we've got Donald Glover and his brother, you know, at the helm here, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a good, it's going to be a good movie. I'm pretty excited. Okay. I'll pose the question this way. If you get the choice between like a 130 minute Lando movie or an, let's say a 10 episode Lando show, which one are you picking? Because I don't agree. I don't disagree mm -hmm. with you that the experience mm -hmm. of the movie is, I think, better most of the time. Right. Yeah. But you're not also you're also not wrong in that the world building tends to be much deeper when you yes. have a yeah. show. I think I'm I'm going with the server lining with the movie experience, but because okay. that's what it's a movie. But yes, I would agree. The if I had a ten episode series of Lando, I think I would if I had my choice, it would be with that for sure. Okay, okay. Okay, nice. <laughs> Maybe, hey, you know, someday we might... This isn't saying that we're never going to have a Lando show. This is only yeah, saying yeah. that for now it's going to be a film. So mm -hmm. um, excited to see what they do with this. I... I'm curious as to whether this will take place... May, I don't. Maybe they've announced this and I missed it, but whether this will take place before the Solo movie mm -hmm. that we got a few years back. So, Which is, of course, where we first saw the, the premiere of Donald Glover as Lando. So... Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. The Lando show, no longer a Lando show. It is now a Lando movie. 
Um, and that's really our, our main piece of news for today, which means we can hop straight into some uh, Ahsoka talk. Uh, before we actually go through the overview, we wanted to touch on a few comments we received about the episode itself. Uh, for those who also haven't managed to catch our episode six reaction, um, which was posted Tuesday morning, again, the time of this podcast going live, it's a Thursday morning. Um, but in that episode reaction, we had a few people respond to, I think maybe just questions that we posed throughout the episode and just general comments as well, just about the episode. Um, from, from longtime viewer Aunt Vesuvi here, if you're watching the video Hi, Aunt Vesuvi. Version, Aunt Vesuvi, shout out. <laughs> uh, if you're watching the video version of the podcast here, you'll be able to actually see the comments on the screen. But uh, Aunt Vesuvi just says, thanks, Ben and Joey, such gorgeous cinematography. And the music was even more amazing than usual. It, it was. was funny because uh, I saw Aunt Vesuvi's comment and I feel like I, I read it and I was like, oh, shoot, I don't think I paid enough attention to the music the first time I watched it. So then I watched it the second time, like purposely paying more attention to it. And I was like, oh, man, yeah, that, that's right. Any, the, any, any scene with Thrawn got me in the, in, the, yes. in the chest a little bit, too. I'm like, oh, yeah. I feel this is a little bit of danger coming here. Yeah. And, and I mean, the cinematography as well, like the, the you know, the new I was going to say planet, but I guess new galaxy of Peridia. I guess technically pretty as the planet in whatever galaxy we're in now, but just Peridia in general, the cinematography was was pretty great. I, I it was so it, it was so Peridia. Ah, <laughs> he's here all week, everybody. He's thank here all week. you, proud dad. I'm a dad. What do you want? Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're breaking out. We're breaking out the dad jokes for episode fifty. <laughs> you finally um, you finally find out my my true identity. Yeah. <laughs> this next comment is from, and I hope I don't butcher the way it's pronounced. It's from Commander. I'm just going to say VF1LK. There's probably a way that that last second word is pronounced, but uh, I want to give a shout out to to that user. And I think this is in response to something I said during the reaction. Um, it, was the, it was the moment, I think maybe even at the very end of the episode, where Ron says that he's going to uh, destroy with prejudice. And I think I said something along the lines of like, what's what that? that <laughs> yeah, I've never heard that before. And so Commander here says, in a military context or in discussions involving security or intelligence, destroy with prejudice can mean to eliminate a target or threat completely and without the possibility of it returning or causing harm in the future. It implies a decisive and final action to ensure that the target or threat is permanently incapacitated or neutralized. So basically like destroy and make sure they don't come back is, is right. the vibe there. <laughs> Which is well, interesting. It, I had never heard that expression used that way before. Well, it sounds like Balin did not use um, that when he tried to destroy <laughs> yeah. the prejudice on Ahsoka yeah. the first time. So, you know, I think right. I think Thrawn wanted to be very, very clear. Yeah, yeah. Very, uh, very Thrawn-like there in, in his choice of language. Uh, what would the opposite, like, destroy with... With kindness. Uh, with kindness. Kill him with kindness. Yeah. Kill, kill him with kindness. <laughs> She she's probably she's probably destroyed, but you know. Anyways, um. So yeah, shout out to uh, the last user on that on that comment that we uh, we learned something new there. And then another comment we had from my dream in orbit nine two nine seven. Uh, they said I'm assuming during the chaos created upon arrival, and this is in reference to how uh, I think we posed the question. Well, how did Ezra get here? Uh, the, the comment was, I'm assuming during the chaos created upon arrival, Ezra saw an opportunity to escape into the wild, considering he was outnumbered and outgunned, becoming a nomad of sorts. Which is, yeah, that's a good point. And we'll talk about this maybe, but 
Um, hopefully at some point we get to see a little bit of an insight into how exactly Ezra ended up as the head of a clan of turtles. Um, well, didn't you watch Frozen? We, you know, we already yeah. talked about it. So, <laughs> so I think he runs into the the turtle men, you know, right. and then they they adopt him essentially. So, yeah, yep, there you yep. go. Yeah, and then he learns to speak the language too. Interestingly yeah, enough, yeah, yeah. and then I think this is our last comment, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, this is from da- Daddy Dragon Girl, uh, the username mm-hmm. here, and it it says, uh, "So far, all I get from Sab- Sabine is tunnel vision." Single-minded Ezra Ezra from episode one on, she does not see the big picture and the Admiral points that out. So this comment being, I guess, a little bit critical of Sabine saying, you know, why are you not seeing the bigger picture here? Like, obviously Thrawn is trying to return, but all you care about is getting Ezra back. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's a fair criticism, and I think it's something that kind of Ahsoka had been thinking too um, prior to maybe her encounter with Anakin. But yeah, I mean, now, now that Sabine has achieved her goal, um, really, all that remains is getting Ezra back home, but in the process of doing so, obviously, Thrawn is a threat. So, yeah, um, that's that's where we're at right now. And uh, we want to also just say a, a thank you to everyone who gave us those comments. And um, just moving forward, we're, we're probably going to try to do a little bit more incorporation of, you know, reading some comments and providing some insight and feedback onto those responses on podcast episodes. So uh, keep the comments coming and we'll we'll uh, love to take a look at those and respond to them as part of our podcast. Well, Joey, should we hop into the overview of the episode? I don't know whereabouts we are on time. Joey and I, uh, before this episode started, we have this running joke before we start recording every time. We're like, all right, we're going to do it under an hour. And uh, (laughs) getting the note from Gibbo that we're already 17 minutes in. So uh, can we do an overview of episode six in 43 minutes? We got this. I know it sounds like it's easy, but we're (laughs) probably going to barely either do it or not do it. So let's find (laughs) out. And go. Let's hop into uh, our breakdown of Ahsoka episode six. Uh, the very first thing we hear in this episode, there's the purgle noises uh, that we see as kind of the title sequence as the different heads are flashing in the, you know, the Star Wars intro there. Of course, hinting at the fact we're going to open with Hu Yang and Ahsoka. Uh, and that's exactly what happens. We open and they're still traveling through the purgle mouth. And there's, this is such, this is more, probably the best opening of any episode. Not because something like really exciting happened that made it. Oh, I know. Yeah. Uh, you know, just over the top, but just the fact of you know the way they tied it in to the title of the episode and just to kind of the theme of Star Wars as a whole. Um, there's almost this recounting of Ahsoka saying, you know, Hu Yang, you were there when I was a youngling, and you told us the history of the galaxy. Like all of this was basically myth as far as we were concerned. <laughs> and she even references like parts one, two, and three as the history of the galaxy. Um, and, and during this scene, she also confesses to, to Hu Yang that she didn't full, she wasn't fully honest with Hera in the mm-hmm. sense that she didn't tell her that Sabine went with, uh, went with Morgan and Balin and Shin willingly, which is a pretty big thing to keep a secret from Hera. And that will be interesting to see if that comes kind of back to bite her either at the end of season one or the beginning of season two in, in regards to Ahsoka's relationship with Hera, or maybe even Hera's relationship with Sabine. We'll have to see. Uh, and then Hu Yang, of course, being Hu Yang, the insightful droid that he is, says, perhaps for Sabine, it was the only choice. Um, which kind of goes back to that comment we read from that user earlier that for Sabine, this didn't ever really feel like a choice. Like this was this was the path. Like she mm-hmm. knew she had to do this to save Ezra to, you know, to follow through on what he had said to her. So um, 
all that to say, a pretty cool scene that we get to actually see what hyperspace looks like when when you're in the midst of it and not just when you're jumping to light speed, you know, like pulling the lever in the in the mm -hmm. Millennium Falcon. Th there was a cool, uh, I, I wish I could take credit for this myself, and it's from a, a different... Um, a different video I was watching actually this morning, but there was there's theories that this scene is going on. Mm -hmm. I know what you're talking, yeah. At the same time as Mandalorian season three, when Grogu is looking like into the hyperspace lanes and he's and seeing, seeing the, pergils. the pergils shadows. Yeah. Uh, so I mean that would be pretty cool if they do tie it in in that way. Mm -hmm. Which which would also I guess explain Ahsoka's absence from from a lot of from from Mandalorian well, they, season three. They did go on record that say that this was taking this is taking place during right. that last season of Mandalorian. So this very well could be it. Yeah. Right. 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 So yeah, I mean that's kind of a cool you know little Easter egg to to tie it into Mando potentially. I would I would assume that might have been the direction they were going there. Um, and then of course, so we we learn in the next scene after the. The uh, the title sequence, which which ends very cleverly with uh, Hu Yang agreeing to tell Ahsoka about the you know these stories, and he says a long time ago, in a galaxy far far away, and then of course it cuts to the title sequence, and we learn the name of the episode is far far away, which is of course a very fitting name considering this is uh, the first time we're seeing a different galaxy within the world of Star Wars. So uh, indeed, far far away. We next learn that Sabine is in prison on Morgan's uh, Morgan Elsbeth's ship, and uh, she, she's meanwhile complaining to Balin here. If you're watching the video version of the podcast, <laughs> she's she's yelling through the little triangle in the in the cell uh, to keep his promise in order to find Ezra. Uh, this scene also felt, at least to me, somewhat reminiscent of the uh, the New Hope scene, the mm -hmm, Princess Leia, course, yeah, where where Luke and Han rescue her out of the cell. Um, so I don't know if that was an intentional, you know, drawback to that scene, but that's at least what it reminded me of. I think whenever you have somebody in a cell, that's what you go, you, your mind yeah. goes to. <laughs> Princess Leia, it's Princess Leia, you know. Um, the first main thing we really wanted to touch on and talk about here is that after landing on Peridia, which, by the way, uh, I love the name of this planet. It just kind of rolls off the tongue. Mm -hmm. uh, we learned it's the ancient homeworld of the Dathomirians, which is like blows your mind uh you know mm -hmm. prior prior to even flying onto the planet though there's like that cool story when they talk about the the ring around peridia which is composed basically as my as i understand it entirely of uh pergil skeletons from you know th they came here i guess to to die after their migrations mm -hmm. it was uh, the end of their migration route right 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 um, so, you know, flying into a planet and just seeing a bunch of basically whale skeletons all over the place that form the, the rings of the planet is kind of like, oh, that's a little bit eerie. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which also, okay, I, I did not do a great job this week of avoiding like other sources before we actually recorded uh, because something I did want to point out here it, that I saw in a different video is that when they are, uh, when they put the map into the little holder thing in whatever episode that is, episode three or four. I think it's episode about four. On Citos, you mean? Or uh, yeah, Cetos? on Citos. Yeah, yeah, on Citos. Um, and then the map pops up in the sky. Like you see the planet, and then there's ring a ring around it, 
and within that ring there's whales and oh, so that really was, yeah oh. and so that was kind of a cool little tie-in here oh um, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, like cool and also ew, you know right so. except for in the rings in episode four the whales look like they're alive and not in yeah, skeleton and... pieces but <laughs> anyways thought that was a fun note worth worth mentioning um but of course as they approach peridia the the ancient homeworld of the dathomiri um which of course the dathomirians first used we learned they first used the pergil to travel um we can we still don't have a ton of information here as to exactly the specific details of this but we know at one point in time this is the ancient homeworld of the species which would become known as the dathomirians uh, maybe even like considering them the peridians might be more technically accurate sure. uh, but you know obviously we know them as dathomirians so uh, we approach the planet and we see these Three witches of Dathomir here. Um, I wanted to ask you about this. This was the one one big question I wanted to pose to you. So clearly, at least what I got from this scene is that um, not only are they powerful beings, but outside the context of Star Wars, this felt like it was alluding to, um, I forget what they're called in Greek mythology. I want to say like the muses, but I don't think that's right. Mm. Um, the ones that like hold the threads of fate. And then if you've mm. ever seen the movie Hercules, the ones that like cut the threads that, gotcha. you know, it, that's what it, this made me feel like. Mm. And so I got to thinking about it and I was curious at the decision for there to be three um, of the mothers. Oh, okay. Cause my understanding is that these three beings are somewhat above what a normal night sister is. Right, because she referred to them as mothers. Like right, great mothers, I think. Great mothers, yeah. yeah. Or grandmothers or something. Yeah, and so um, with that in mind, I wanted to ask two questions. The first of which being, what do you think the reason is, if any, for there to be three as opposed to one? And two, does there being three rather than one like take away from the character of the great mother in any sense. Mm. Cause mm -hmm. I feel like when you divide the, the role between three, well, I, I have thoughts on it, but I want to hear what you have to say. Right, first, yeah. And then I'll, and then I'll say what I think. I think, I mean, I think the, the three shows that there's just more, I mean, if there was just one, you would think this is the only one left, <laughs> you know, mm. I think with, with the number now, I don't know about specifically with three, but when I think of three, I think of, I'm so corporate. I think of like, there's like these, you know, you could either do th something fast, something good, or something cheap. <laughs> That's like a corporate rule. Um, but you can't take out one of those. Um, and accept, ex expect something to be done, whatever. So that's kind of what, where I think of three. So you need, three three like legs to stand on essentially like if you had if you have like a chair or something like that so more oh. stable as a three you know even if you look at like the you know the triangle is kind of a, a strong figure you know right. type of thing um and so that's kind of where i'm you know where i'm that's where if you ask me that question you know why three and not one i think i think it shows that there's more than just that one that's left because up to this point, we thought that there was absolutely none, right? Right. Um, 
this gives me the thought that there's probably more than the three. <laughs> this is kind of what I'm thinking oh, you now think? is that, I mean, like maybe not at this particular level, maybe not at the mother, grandmother level or whatever. But uh, I feel like because now that we know Morgan's, you know, here uh, and, you know, an ancestor of the death of Mary, now that we have these three, I just feel like there's just more out there now. I have a thought on that and I don't want to, mm-hmm. I'll tie it in probably in a few minutes when we talk about something else specific. Okay. Um, but, but I did, I did, th- I think what I related most to what you said is this idea of stability or, or mm-hmm. balance, like in, in, the, in there being three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause if I'm being honest, like one of them did most of the talking. Right. Yes. And so my initial <laughs> reaction was, was, is the fact that there's three of them, does that take away from the idea that this is a strong central antagonist when you divide mm. the role between three people? Because right. it, it, it subconsciously makes you think, well, they might not be as important in the grand mm. scheme of things because there's not this one person who has that role of being the, the great mother or the, this bad antagonist. So, right. That was something I thought, um, but I don't know. I'd have to think a lot about this, and I would also pose this to any listener or viewer that, specifically, just about the Night Sisters in general, because you know this is the first time we've seen them in live action, mm-hmm. um, and maybe even if there's someone out there who's never seen Clone Wars, uh, what what were you thinking in this scene? Because like you and I saw this, Joey, and immediately we were like, "Oh my gosh, those are you know Night Sisters." Right. Right, right, right. But like people who haven't seen Clone Wars didn't have that experience. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a question I'd be interested in hearing from people, especially those who haven't seen Clone Wars, what they thought about this scene. But um, so it's, we also learned that in this process, they were the ones that led Morgan to the planet uh, through dreams, apparently. And, uh, and in the process also, uh, our notes here say took Sabine away to solitude. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, do you want to elaborate more on that point? Cause I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. When they, yeah. When, when the night sisters determined that she was like a Jedi or oh, a Jedi, I see. uh, right. they, they called her it, they get like, it's a Jedi yeah, yeah. or something like that. They she just, they ended Jedi up or something like that. Yeah. She reeks of Jedi. Yeah. They just took her away into solitude. Um, cause you know, she was already imprisoned on the ship and she's <laughs> arrives on the planet to just get thrown back into a, to a cell. Right. I, in my head, for some reason, I was thinking of like prior to their arrival on Peridia. Mm, and I no, was no, like, no. I don't remember that happening. Right. Uh, also, the other thing I thought about during this scene is the three little spheres that were controlled by the great mothers was were moving. I was like, how weird would it be to be Sabine filming this? Because like, obviously, right. those those weren't there when she filmed it. And so. Oh, right, right. That's true. She's yeah. like struggling with herself down the stairs, basically. Anyways. um, So. Next part of the episode is a great piece of dialogue uh, between Balin and Shin. And I, I just got to say, but before we talk about the dialogue, like, I love these characters. This is, I think, the most surprising part of the show for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because, we, you know, we saw the trailers. We're like, oh, cool. We're going to get these, like, dark side force users in this show. I mean, I, I have more intrigue about Balin and Shin by far than anything else in this show right now. Like mm-hmm. I, I want to know Balin's background in particular. Right. And we get, this was a huge 
character building episode for both of these characters, apart from the fact mm -hmm. we got all this other really cool new stuff. Um, so basically the dialogue consists between Balin and Shin, um, talking largely about Balin's feelings about the Jedi and just the past. And, you know, they, they discuss the fall of the Jedi as well as the rise of the empire. And Balin says that this is a cycle that basically can't ever be stopped. Um, and, you know, Shin, of course, her response to this is, well, now that now we can join with Thrawn, so we can come into power and we can be, you know, uh, on on the side of this. Uh, yeah, yeah. Give a with a with a note in the uh, in our <laughs> in our podcast discussion right now. There there is a weird rumor going around that Shin is Captain Phasma. Oops. I pers I personally don't see it at all, and I hope that's not the case. But I guess it's not like way far out there. But I mean, the main reason why that theory is kind of like, what is that Captain Phasma does not demonstrate the ability to use the force at any point mm -hmm. in the sequels. That's so, true. But yeah, it's, a, it's another fan theory out there. Um, so ultimately, Balin wants to bring the beginning of the end of the cycle. And now again, that's a little bit ambiguous, a little bit vague. What does that really mean? We're still not exactly sure. But something else we got from the Balin Shin dynamic, uh, beginning in this scene and definitely later on in the episode, is it's the first time you really start to see uh, a real hint of a fracture in their relationship. Uh, mm -hmm. What did you, what did you think about Balin and Shin's interactions, uh, especially at the beginning of the episode here during this dialogue? I mean, you could tell that. She wants to learn. I mean, there, there was a moment I think in this scene. If it wasn't the scene, it was the, the the scene later on. But I think it was in this scene where she's trying to get just information out of him, like you know what you know. What do you think about this? And um, and yeah, because well, this is the one where oh yeah, because Shin here she mentions she kind of listens to what he has to say, and then she's like, oh, so it's our time to have power. You know, it's right. our time since we're with Thrawn, we're going to have this power. And then and then Balin kind of shuts that down kind of quickly with his his comments on saying, no, I want to be the beginning of the end of this cycle, you know, of, and kind of to what you were saying about how these are the two most interesting players in this particular show. One thing is that these two we know the the mo the least about. You know, we know Ahsoka, right. we know Sabine, we know Hera. You know, we know all of those. But you know, there's a. It seems like a very rich history here, with especially Balin with his uh, connection to the the old Jedi Order, to you know you know he know Anakin and everything. You know, so I think there's there's just a lot a lot more to learn about him about these two. And the acting, these two are so good. Like, like um, I, you know, again, very, very sad to to have lost Ray Stevenson. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, this being his his final um performance here on the show. But I mean, he he is incredible on this on the show. So, I, yeah, I want to know more about them. I can I can picture books written about them. I can picture Ooh. comics. I can picture. Uh, uh, maybe a little like you know, four episode series, you know, like just of these two, honestly, because because they they are such they have such great now, especially like you said, great character development, especially in this particular episode, 
and yeah, I'm I just want to learn more about them. Tales of the Jedi season two could be a young oh, Balin. <laughs> that would be great. I'll say two more things on Balin, and then we can move on. Um, the first of which, which you mentioned, being the obvious that you know, obviously the actor Ray Stevenson who portrays Balin has passed away, uh, and so you know, what does that mean for the end of the season uh, in regards to the character of Balin? You know, I, I could they have made changes after you know his passing? Um. I guess, but you know, I, I don't know. No one really knows how this season is going to end in regards to Balin. And, and it's, I mean, it's safe to say, you know, assuming they don't recast the character that we're probably not going to see him after the first season. Um, again, maybe if they do choose to recast the character, that could be the exception, but I would imagine there might be a little bit of pushback to that. Seeing as how great of a job Ray Stevenson did in the role. Um, and then the other thing I, that I wanted to mention, which is now escaping my brain, and hopefully will come back to me here in the next few seconds. Um, and now, now I've lost it. But anyways, <laughs> if I think of it, I'll bring it back up because this won't be the last time that we talk about Balin and, and Shin. Oh, I remembered what it was. Um, this is also like very much a theory thing. Um, the, uh, this is, I don't remember where I got this one. I think this one might have been Reddit. <laughs> Go figure. But... Um, what if Balin is like wanting to put an end to the cycle by forming a new, and I say this in quotes, Jedi Academy that is not light side or dark side users. Ah. And it's just like neutral. <laughs> I saw that as a theory and I was like, oh, I kind of like that. You know, I didn't, I didn't roll in that academy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <it was> shocking. <laughs> But anyways, that's another one to throw out there and for people to chew on. Following this conversation between Balin and Shin, we cut to Sabine trying to uh, somewhat unsuccessfully use the Force again. We're still not exactly sure as to what her abilities fully entail. Like, there's like a little something there, but obviously not, you know, anything remotely near any of the other Force users in this show. Um, and so the very next thing we learn is that the reason this rumbling is occurring in her cell, which we at first she thinks is her using the Force, uh, is actually Thrawn's ship arriving oh, on the scene, dun, dun, dun. all tattered and whatnot from the, the you know the siege of Lothal and um, just this epic visual. And this goes back to Aunt Vesuvi's comment about the cinematography. I mean, watching Thrawn just walk down that walkway. With all those storm, or uh, I guess they're not stormtroopers. What are they're uh, sh uh night troopers? Oh, night troopers. Were? Yes. Thank yeah, you. yeah. I was like shadow troopers, death troopers. I was like <laughs> lo looking for the right thing. You were going um, to EU for that one. I, I right, think. right, yeah. But uh, just like so epic because especially we've been waiting to see him all season, <laughs> and we finally get the the moment he you know, he he appears, and it's just it's everything we wanted it to be. He. Uh, he just is such a cool looking character. And the music, we should mention the music here as yep. well. Yep. To see him in live action with that epic uh, score being played as well. Another interesting point that we should also note in this scene is that um, his, basically his second in command named Enoch has a really sick looking helmet. <laughs> yeah. What did right. you think of when you first saw Enoch? Uh, I was a little, 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 this, I don't know. I'm I'm a little scared of this guy. Uh, <laughs> like the the because you could see 
the outlining of the eyes, the nose. I mean, it's very, very like Egyptian mummy <laughs> type of feel for me, you know. Uh, but yeah, it has a like kind of gold plated on the face and on the armor there as well. I, I'm 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 interested in seeing this, and we we of course teased a little bit, saying that maybe this is Ezra. And there was a scene where it almost seemed like it was going to be Ezra. <laughs> but uh, if you watch the reaction video. But yeah, I thought, um, yeah, it's it's kind of cool. To, they always have the one, uh, the second in command type of person. Uh, I think before in Rebels, was it was Governor Price? Was that kind of his second in command? Uh, um, well, kind of. And then in the yeah. later end of Rebels, it was uh, Rook, I think. Mm, or that, right, he right, was right, kind right, of like yeah. his secret agent. But yeah, originally it might have been. Yeah, maybe it was Governor Price. Right. So anyway. it's kind of kind of it's it's cool to have the admiral and then their second in command kind of in charge of the military side right. of things. So yeah, that's it's always kind of cool to see that. And I, I'm curious on the name Enoch. I wonder if there's if that's a play on anything that we're that we've seen in Star Wars before. I don't know about Star Wars. I mean, the name itself is. I mean, it, it's a. Uh, and I don't know if this is intentional in the choosing of the name. But it is a it is a biblical reference. Uh, Enoch mm. was one of the only people to not die an earthly death, at least in oh, at least in biblical literature. And so, um, I don't know if that is going to play into the role of this character at all. Is this but... another another death of Marian? Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> gonna but, slice I mean... them. They're gonna slice them open. It's just gonna be smoke again. Yeah, I mean, and I wanted to bring that up too. Like, how many of these uh, night troopers are actually people? That's the other mm -hmm. thing I was going to pose. Like, now I'm thinking the thing that they did with Maroc, the whole like slicing him and then, you know, learning that he's just like a resurrected Dathomirian, essentially. Like, that could be what all of these people are. I mean, the great mothers have been here the whole time with Thrawn. Uh, sure, you know, yeah. we, we mentioned it when, when, they, uh, when we saw them pop on the scene. It's like, where did all these people come from, you know? Right, It right. just seems like a lot to have all been on the ship with Thrawn and Ezra. Uh, you know, maybe maybe there are, they are all real people. We don't know that for sure, but um, there's a Something chance to be resurrected Dathomirians. You never know. Um, we also learn that part of the agreement with the Great Mothers is a cargo transfer. We still don't know really what that cargo is from the catacombs be transferred off Peridia with Thrawn's ship, which uh, if I'm not mistaken, will take three rotations. Is I think that's mm -hmm. according to... Uh, is it Thrawn who says that? No, I that was Morgan. Morgan says that. Oh, Morgan says that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's going to take three rotations to uh, take everything from the catacombs, transferred off of Peridia. Uh, shortly thereafter, Sabine is brought to Thrawn, and Thrawn says a great quote to her. He says, the desire to be reunited with your long lost friend, how that singular focus will reshape our galaxy. That's so he's so almost, Thrawn. Yeah, he's almost <laughs> like just taunting her, like, you know, shoving it back at her face. Like, see, look what you did. Now I get my way because you just wanted to see your friend is basically Man. what he's saying. So Thrawn's so good. What a yeah. jerk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then, of course, like he is obviously this like evil mastermind. But he has this weird sense of honor that he always adheres to, which is important if you've like seen stuff with Thrawn and other um, in other you know Star Wars content, not just Rebels, but especially in like um, like the books. 
one of the things that they focus on a lot in the Thrawn novels is the fact that not only is he brilliant, but he's also like true to his word. Mm -hmm. However, like, you know, as we see in the show, he kind of like bends that even though he's like, hey, I'm telling the truth, but also like, you know, but also, but also, yes, it's the but also that gets you. And so basically what I'm trying to say is he does allow for Sabine to go and find Ezra as a part of this uh, agreement that Sabine came to mainly through Balin having agreed to go willingly with him and Shin and Morgan to uh, Peridia so that she could find Ezra. So little, you know, little does she know that Thrawn sends Balin and Shin after her to, uh, to, you know, basically wipe her out and Ezra if they end up finding Ezra. So he's like, Hey, I said I would give her the opportunity to find Ezra. I didn't say anything about not, you know, going after her after that. So, uh, we we quickly see that Thrawn is not just cunning but also ruthless, uh, and, and it's demonstrated again e- even later when you know when Thrawn is like <laughs> when he's talking to Morgan, yeah, and he basically says the same thing about Balin and Shin that he said to them about Sabine. Mm-hmm. They're basically like if they need to leave without them, oh well, you know that's they're not, disposable. not his problem. Yeah, basically that they're disposable exactly. Um. So Sabine's first encounter in the wild after going out and finding Ezra, she runs into these bandits, which felt very much inspired by, uh, by like samurai. And, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it was just really cool to see the style of these bandits. Yes. Um, the fight itself was, was pretty, I would say it was pretty good. Not, not too bad. Um, she should have used the lightsaber earlier as you know, a little noted. bit earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, I know you're a Mandalorian first, but you got a lightsaber. I would always right. go lightsaber first. If you got the lightsaber, you got to use it. Uh, so yeah, Thrawn's main objective this whole time is to leave exile. And as we mentioned before, he will not only leave Sabine and Ezra, but he's willing to leave Balin and Shin, who he has just sent out to um, do away with, with Sabine and Ezra if he's found. So Sabine and the Howler go on this mission, or uh, the Howler, isn't that what it's called? Mm-hmm, the Howler, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sabine and the Howler go on this mission and uh, <laughs> I love these, these like, I don't even know what you call it. Mixed between a horse and a dog and just a yes. weird looking, I don't know, with a derpy face, but really lovable at the end. And there's that cute scene where, where, where she's like scolding it and it walks away. And then it like turns around and comes back to her kind of with its, uh, with its tail between its legs. Yeah, <laughs> rat yeah, face. It has a rat face as Gibbo has pointed out. <laughs> Yeah, this is the the howler might be one of my new favorite species now. I think for sure we got a lot of uh, cool new alien species in this. Speaking episode. of which, yeah. yes, yeah, another one that we also got was the the noti, aka the Franklin the turtle species. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I call them the ninja turtles. Yeah, exactly the ninja turtles, except for they're all wearing like really nice dress clothes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is what the uh, howler stumbles upon when. Uh, Sabine is is led to this area where it seems like there's nothing. She sees the the pendant that the Noti species. I don't think we got a name for this little guy ever at any point in the episode, mm-hmm. but um, she rec- uh, he recognizes the the uh, si- the rebel insignia on Sabine's armor uh, and points out to the fact that he's got this same necklace, which we can assume Ezra has bestowed to him. And so he goes, you know, she's like, Ezra, Ezra Bridger, I need to find him. And then, you know, he goes, 
oh, Ezra Bridger. <laughs> yeah. And like 15 of, of their buddies pop up also around right. as well, we should mention. Yes. And as you pointed out during the reaction, uh, very akin to the Frozen 2 scene with the trolls. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, and in many ways, this scene also felt like a callback to Return of the Jedi when Leia was uh, meeting Wicket the Ewok. On, yeah, on even if you if you watch it, even like the music, even yeah. the music was kind of playful. like, yeah, like a little playful, not so serious. Right. Um, just the, this entire scene with um, with uh, the two of them. Yeah, like right. right right here as Gibbo showing us with Leia and Wicket here as well. It just it the way that they were interacting, you know, she kind of got down to his level type of thing. So yeah, it was a uh, it it made me smile remembering all that. Which it might be safe to assume or infer that at some level the Noti will be helpful mm-hmm. or responsible in their escape from Peridia, seeing oh, as yeah, for you sure. know that was you know the Ewoks were uh, were pretty. Pretty important in the Battle of Endor in uh, getting the rebels to their eventual victory. So. Yeah, that's actually a, yeah, it's a good assumption. Yeah. Meanwhile, Balin and Shin are continuing to track Sabine this whole time, and uh, this is uh, this is a great dialogue as well uh, to follow up the one they had earlier in the episode. Uh, Balin says to Shin, "Perhaps they flee a power greater than their own," uh, and then he says, "Something calls to me. Can't you hear it? Something stirs here." Can't you see it? So oh there's there's clearly something Balin is seeking or is after that really no one else in the show is aware of, and and the viewer is really not aware of either. Like we're listening to this and we're like, okay, but like what is it, Balin? Like what is it that you want? Mm-hmm. Like clearly there is power that you're seeking. Your goals don't really align with Thrawn and Morgan. Your Padawan seems unaware of what your goals are. Like, what, what, where's this guy's motives at? What's, what's he doing? Um, and we sense even more in this scene on the part of Shin, just like a little bit more division between her yep. and her master. So much so that while we were watching the episode, I think I was like, like, I wouldn't be shocked if A, Shin turns on him, mm-hmm. or B, you know, Balin is killed and then she resorts to teaming up with Ezra and Sabine and Ahsoka. Right. All I'm saying yeah. is I think Shin is a good guy at the end of season two is what I'm going to say. Yeah. there the, She has been giving looks here and there where it's either kind of a doubtful type of look, whether it's to Morgan now to Balin. So it seems like she is going to go on her own path at some point, you know, in my, in my opinion. So I'm ex- I'm excited to see where she ends up and yeah I don't, I'm really excited for these next two episodes. <laughs> we need a we need a Balin and a Shin uh show or at mm-hmm. least at the very least a Shin a Shin show. Wow, try saying that five times fast. <laughs> Meanwhile, the turtles, the Noti, bring Sabine to their village, and lo and behold, we run into our good old friend Ezra. Uh, this was another one of those moments where. I didn't know if the emotional impact was felt with people who hadn't seen Rebels. Because, mm-hmm. like, again, clearly you and I watched this and we were like, oh, my gosh, you know, that's him. First time we're seeing him in live action. Yep. It's um, it's such a special moment. It's the first time he and Sabine have seen each other in years. So there's this, like, this loving reunion. And, you mm-hmm. know, there's this, like, almost tearful moment of this embrace. Yeah. And... uh you know, Sabine, 
Sabine quickly, after Ezra asks her, she deflects the question about how she got there to Peridia, right. uh, and then how they how will they get off the planet and get home? She's like, let's not talk about that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which okay, we'll I, just celebrate us being together, basically again. Right, right. Which you know, what can you say? She's there. Uh, you don't want to get Ezra's hopes down, and yeah, but, right now, yeah, don't want to be course, the party pooper. Right. Of course, you're going to have to tell him at some point, which we can imagine that conversation will either be had at the beginning of next episode or we confer it was had between episodes six and seven. So um, Ezra will be clued into the situation here soon if he has yeah. not been already. Right. The uh, Meanwhile, the Great Mothers uh, inform Thrawn that a Jedi is coming. And they they use that language of threat of fate, which is m- mm-hmm. maybe part of the part of the uh, you know the relating it to Greek mythology of of the you know the the people in Hercules, the ladies in Hercules who cut the thread. Mm-hmm. But I just thought that use of language was interesting because we really didn't get, as far as I'm aware, we didn't get that language in Clone Wars when it came to Mother Townsend. But uh, if in, if I'm wrong on that, someone should correct me though. But so we learn that Ahsoka is coming. Thrawn obviously wants to learn more about Ahsoka, and as a byproduct, commands Morgan to destroy any star whale approaching Peridia. Uh, this is that that quote that we referenced in the comment earlier in the mm-hmm. episode that he says, "Destroy with prejudice," basically like don't leave any chance for them to be alive. So, and then of course the episode ends with him requesting assistance from the mothers using their magic, which was spelled with a. ICK at the end, which yep. I thought was I don't know if that is important or means anything. The fact that magic was spelled differently there. Uh, but something to point out as well. And uh the mothers, of course, saying the threat of destiny demands it, Grand Admiral. So this is a point where the episode closes. Uh Sabine and Ezra are reunited. Ahsoka is on the way with Hu Yang. Thrawn is ready, we would assume, in a short amount of time after the cargo is. Uh, loaded on to take off from Peridia and make it back to the galaxy we know far, far away. Um, so where does this leave us going into episode seven? Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if I want to see the rest of the show on Peridia mm-hmm. or, or whether we see Thrawn, you know, returning to the galaxy we know and taking on maybe the New Republic fleet. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Do you have any insight into that real quickly before we talk about our favorite moment from episode six? Well, I mean, yeah, obviously that this battle is happening now. Ahsoka is going to arrive, which, you know, which we mentioned earlier. Um, I think this was before we started recording is that she did not have much time in this episode, Ahsoka, right. although it is her show. I uh, didn't quite get Boba Fetted, but <laughs> um, <laughs> there was uh, uh, not a lot of time for Ahsoka uh, screen time here this time. But uh yeah so i i think eventually yeah this battle is going to be happening on peridia and yeah i mean you got you brought up a good point about our our uh ninja turtle friends probably helping out with an escape of some sort and i the i think the decision with shin is going to have to happen at some point as well where is she going to turn who is she going to end up helping and yeah, I mean, if this does go on to a season two, because I don't think we've we've had any type of confirmation at this point um, of a season two of this, right? I'm not, not that I'm aware of, yeah. but I I would be shocked. If I would be shocked as well. Have a season two, 
but if you know if we you know assuming we there's a season two i mean that that lends itself to yes thrawn makes it out thrawn is you know going to be battling new republic so that would be that would be the assumption i don't think this would be a once this is all going to happen in one season and it's going to be over i think this is you know thrawn is going to be a continuing side uh, thorn in their side for a little while so now will this be and i hate to say this will that will this be at the expense of one of the characters that we love you know will will we lose a character along the way you know i'm I'm always mm. thinking about that as well um maybe maybe that's you know maybe we lose a sabine maybe we lose a hera something like that um but yeah I'm, the, these next two episodes are should be pretty huge yeah, I I wouldn't be shocked if we lose someone important in the next two episodes as a demonstration of Thrawn's power, just to kind of set him up as you know a, a real bad guy. We want to, mm-hmm. especially for like newer viewers who aren't familiar with him, like we want to be able to have a substantial reason why he's bad. You know what I mean? So exactly, I wouldn't be shocked if that happens. All right, Joey, the favorite moment from the episode. What was it for you? Easy for me, Ezra. <laughs> Seeing Ezra in the flesh. Um, now that I look at this picture once again, Ben, for Halloween, you got to be Ezra. Um, I'll grow my hair out. It's going to happen. <laughs> grow, your, grow your hair out, get the beard out a little bit more bushier. Yeah. You know, it'll be fine. Uh, but seeing Ezra in live action, finally getting to him, having the reunion with Sabine, um, even the hug was like really special to kind of even see it. And to, to mention the comment that we saw from the you know YouTube earlier, about Sabine's sole focus is, you know, return getting to Ezra and Thrawn even mentioning it as much as well. I think it's just it's kind of cool to finally have this moment for Sabine, for Ezra, and for Hera and for Chopper and everyone in Rebels, is you know to assume that we're going to get him back, you know, out of this particular galaxy. So uh, the the possibilities here, I, I'm really excited. Um, I was waiting for Sabine to give his lightsaber back, but you know that's another thing. Um, but but yeah, I think uh, I think th- this moment was most special for me. Nice, yeah. And another thought is like, how has Ezra been affected by being in exile in terms of his connection to the Force? Mm, like, true. is he gonna be the same Jedi who we left him as in in Rebels season four? Is he gonna be like mm-hmm. you know super OP now that he's had this time <laughs> to like? Has he been training this whole time? We gotta. I'm curious to know what Ezra's situation is when it comes to his uh, connection to the force. So that's a good one, Joey. I, I had, I had such a hard time picking it. Um, I debated between Ezra. I debated between Thrawn. I debated between the night sisters. Uh, and then in our podcast notes, I just, I noted the fact that the inclusion of all three of those was just an honorable mention for me. Um, and I kind of wanted to throw something a little bit out of left field as my favorite moment from the episode something that we've definitely touched on in, in the podcast already, um, but it's that we gained a larger insight into Balin's plan, mm-hmm. uh, and as a byproduct, just his character as a whole. This is, for me, the most fascinating character in this show, because as you mentioned, the character that we know the least about at this moment in time. Uh, and so I would pick Balin for the sole purpose of the more and more that is revealed about him, the more insight we have into his past, and more importantly, the more insight we have into what his goal truly is. Because as I mentioned before, like Thrawn doesn't know his goal, Morgan doesn't know his goal, Ahsoka doesn't know his goal, even his own Padawan Shin doesn't know his goal. So um, 
yeah, I just Balin is one person in this show that is going to, I think, in many ways, make or break the ending. Um, I just I hope they reveal before the season ends mm -hmm. what he truly wants. And I want I to think... see a reaction from Shin in that right. too. Probably pushing her more towards the light side after she right, learns right. what that true quest is. So good. Yep. Favorite moment there. Also, question for all the listeners, courtesy of Gibbo here, wanted to pose the question, where is Zeb right now? Our buddy Zeb. <laughs> where is why he at? Is, why didn't Zeb get the invite to be like a, yeah. like a lieutenant under Hera or something? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he's the, he's the only one, right? Isn't he the only one we haven't seen from... Uh... The old Phoenix squad there. Technically, we have seen him in live action. I mean, in this series, I should say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just not in this show. I guess Kanan, but that's not a thing. We could oh. see Kanan. Maybe we'll see Kanan. RIP. <laughs> Anyways, uh, for everyone listening and watching, let us know what your favorite moment from the episode was. Um, so many to choose from. Lots of new stuff in this episode. Um, just a fantastic episode overall, which only leaves me with one more question. For you, Joey, um, where are you going out of 10 with this one? 1 to 10, what are you saying? I mean, on the reaction, I did say 10. On the day after, after watching again and kind of soaking all in, I'll, I'll stay with the 10. I really did enjoy everything about this episode. It was a little bit more, I, I enjoyed this one more than the last episode. I gave that one a 9.5 with the... Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, because that was 9.5. Uh, but this one, I'll give a 10. Um, that Ezra reunion, reunion was a ton. Balin and Shin uh, content was crazy. Um, we got a we got a lightsaber. <laughs> we got, you know, we got Thrawn. I mean, there's there was so much in this episode. So I'm giving it a ten. Nice. Yeah, I I am also going with a ten. Um, I have given episodes four, five, and <laughs> six a ten. I feel like my standard for what was like really good Star Wars. Um, to be frank, was like kind of lowered over the past few years. Sure. And, and again, nothing with nothing against those shows like Andor and Boba and Mando, because mm. I love all those shows in different ways. I mean, even Boba, honestly, which a lot of people didn't like. Um, there's many, you know, redeeming qualities about Boba and and certain episodes that were, you know, pretty good still. Um, but I just got used to giving things like, you know, sevens and eights. Yep, and, sure, sure, sure. And then, you know, when you get something that you truly enjoy so much, like this show, um, just related to some of the other things we've had recently, I, I wouldn't say there's a single episode of this show that I would put, gosh, I'd have to go back and watch like episodes one, two, and three, but I don't think I would put any of those below like an 8.5 at the very sure. least. Um, so having said that, I've given episodes four, five, and six all a 10 out of 10. And if I had to rank them, I'd probably go five as my favorite, then six, mm. then four. Okay. But it's very close for me. It, it's just hard for me to pass up the Anakin stuff sure. uh, as being my favorite. But th this is right there, right there as well. Just lots of new reveals, lots of new characters we get to see for the first time in live action. And, um, Lots of new insights into yeah. characters. I mean, they they made Ninja Turtles canon. I mean, that's great. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Joey, uh, suffice to say, it would not be a Hoth Hangout podcast if we didn't plan to go under an hour and go <laughs> over, at least in the slightest. 
Um, I don't know. We're we're right around about an hour, two or three minutes right now. So um, maybe for our second anniversary, we, we can do a, <laughs> a sub one hour podcast. But who knows when, when the uh, day will come when we do a podcast under an hour. It just would not be a hot hangout podcast if it, if it wasn't just a little bit over that 60 minute mark. So um, join us for next week's episode when we will be discussing the Ahsoka episode seven. It's going to be our breakdown on next week's podcast. Of course, the podcasts are released every Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern uh, here on YouTube and as well Spotify and Apple and anywhere you get your podcasts in the audio format. Um, we will also be releasing our reaction to Ahsoka Episode 7 on Wednesday morning of next week. That's the day before the podcast goes live, uh, of course, with our reaction to the episode itself as we watch it for the first time. Uh, and if you're listening to this and you haven't seen any of our reactions, they are all uploaded and available on the Hoth Hangout YouTube channel if you're interested in checking those out. Uh, something we also did want to mention one more time is that uh, if you're ever wanting to send us questions about Star Wars, the thoughts you have about episodes, always feel more than welcome and free uh, to tweet at us on Twitter or X, whatever we're calling it now. You can uh, email us, hothhangout at gmail.com if you have any thoughts there as well. Or you can DM us on Instagram. Shoot us a DM there with some, uh, some spicy Star Wars info you might have there. Lastly, we just want to say one more time a massive thank you to each of you listening to this right now and to anyone who has ever listened to a single second of the Hoth Hangout podcast. Uh, we really just appreciate you so very much. We really love getting the chance to sit down and discuss and talk about and and break down and theorize all things star wars so again thank you for uh for being a part of it and for being here to to be a part of hoth hangout we appreciate you here's to many many more episodes to come as well joey any uh last thoughts on anything ahsoka related or the one-year anniversary of the hoth hangout podcast well i think it's uh, my time to shine here to say thank you ben for Putting this all together, you know, Ben was the first one to have the idea. He sent me a DM on Discord and he said, Hey, would you want to start a Star Wars podcast? And even before I got an answer to him, he had a logo set up, he had all of these things going on. Uh, before I even said yes, you know, and so he was ready to go from the from the very start. Um, if you don't know Ben, he is very, very driven. And um, I am very happy to have worked with you over the past year. It's been a ton of fun. And also, of course, bringing on Gibbo uh, was a huge step in the right direction for the Hoth Hangout. So it's been so much fun over the past year. And I really, really can't wait uh, to see what's coming up next for us. Thank you, man. And, and the same goes for you, too. I mean, uh, a lot of people don't know, but Joey does a, a pre-production notes uh, every week for every single episode. And... Uh, you know, I, I always I'm like I'm I'm hopping on to the Google Drive that we share uh, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like I always look at the stuff that uh, that both Joey and Gibbo have prepared on the on the doc that we use every week for the podcast. And I'm like, dang that. So there's a lot of preparation that goes into that. And, and so mm -hmm. um, thank you for everything that you do for the podcast and, and for being just uh, an incredible co-host. But most importantly, thank you for being a, a great friend and someone who I can talk about Star Wars with. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. Of course, we're a good team. All th the three of us. I, I, I can't, couldn't have it a better way without you know the, the three of us getting through this, working through some issues and having some fun at the same time. <laughs> yes, most definitely, most definitely. Um, 
Well, yeah. We and again, thank you to everyone listening. Thank you for for making Hoth Hangout what it is. Um, this has been the one year anniversary of the Hoth Hangout podcast. One more quick reminder we want to give you. We mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, you heard Joey talking about that giveaway, the the Star Wars box giveaway. Uh, remember, if you're interested in entering that giveaway, to comment Hothy Anniversary. Uh, the hashtag is on the screen for the video version of the podcast uh, down in the comments of this YouTube video in order to enter the giveaway. That winner will be drawn during the episode 52 of the Hoth Hangout podcast, so not next week, but the following week, which will follow the conclusion of the first season of Ahsoka. Hmm, so, sad. Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> it's not only two more weeks of Ahsoka. What are we going to do after that? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's the the way to enter the giveaway. Again, it's hashtag Hathi Hangout in the comments of the YouTube Hathi, video. Hathi Anniversary. Oh, excuse me. Hathi Anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, to be entered into the giveaway for the Star Wars box, courtesy of Top Shelf Breaks. Shout out again to Top Shelf Breaks for uh, for sponsoring that, that giveaway. Thank you, Chris. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, again, thank you for listening. A quick reminder that if you're not subscribed to the Hoth Hangout YouTube channel, definitely hit the subscribe button over there. We want to say again a special welcome to all those of you who are recently subscribed, which is a good fair amount of you. Um, shout out to the 324 subscribers on the YouTube channel. If you're interested in listening to the audio version of the Hoth Hangout podcast, you can also find that on Spotify and Apple and anywhere you get your podcast. Remember to leave a five-star review as well when you listen to it. We would very much greatly appreciate that. You can also find us on the socials, including Instagram, TikTok, and X, at Hoth Hangout on each of those. And remember, <laughs> you can always email us your comments or questions regarding Star Wars or anything otherwise to hothangout at gmail.com. And uh, we'll take a look at those and maybe do some segments on the podcast discussing and breaking down some of the things you all have sent to us. So, uh, again... Thank you, thank you to everyone for listening. And again, one last big thank you to Gibbo for producing the show, all the assets, the videos, and uh, for being able to crop cameras better than Joey. <laughs> Happy birthday, oh, legends. <laughs> Happy you, birthday Gibbo. to you too. <laughs> Happy birthday, Hoth Hangout, the, the one-year anniversary. Shout out to George Lucas. Shout out to Dave Filoni, to Thrawn, Ezra, and Night Sister Magic. We're looking forward very much to the rest of Ahsoka Season 1. We've got two more episodes. We'll be back next week with our Episode 7 reaction going live on Wednesday morning, as well as the Episode 7 breakdown and discussion going live on Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, just as every Hoth Hangout podcast episode does every Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can catch the new one each week. That's about it for us. Joey, any last final thoughts before we sign off? And many more. <laughs> <laughs> we got to sing the whole happy birthday song that they sing at restaurants, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you again for everything you do for the podcast as well, Joey. I appreciate you, man. And uh, thank you to everyone for listening. This has been the one-year anniversary of the Hot Hangout podcast. We will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. And may the force be with you. <laughs>